When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the weekend, so relax and listen to some stories the whole family can enjoy. That's right, it's the Saturday Story Circle, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Chapter 16. The Red Panda's eyes opened slowly. He struggled to focus on the unfamiliar ceiling for a moment to recall just why he... He sat up with a start and immediately wished he hadn't. His head throbbed and he felt a hot rush of blood to his cheeks. He felt a sharp pain in his side that made him gasp a little for breath and a rush of nausea set in. He steadied himself with his hand against the mattress beneath him and pushed himself further up. He had to try and remember what had happened, where he was. He stopped suddenly as his eyes focused on Kit, sitting in a hard wooden chair at the end of the bed. Her feet were propped up on the end of his cot, and she looked for all the world like she had been in the same position for hours, which he supposed she probably had. Her chin was resting in the palm of her left hand, which covered most of her mouth, but not enough to hide the crooked half-smile that played about her face as he rose. She was wearing an oversized black sweater rolled up at the sleeves. Her large brown eyes seemed to look straight through him, unblinking. Her hair was piled atop her head in a shape something not unlike a red mop. It was a phenomenon she called cowl head, and it happened whenever she'd had the costume on for a long while. She did her best to keep him from ever seeing it, mostly because she didn't have a clue how appealing he found it. At last she blinked slowly. You're looking at my cowl head, aren't you? He sighed and fell back onto the hard cot without a word. This is the thanks I get, she smiled. He stared at the ceiling, hoping quietly that it would stop spinning soon, and began to quiz her, rapid fire. Where are we? One of the safe houses. Which one? Above the black horse. How long was I out? About seven hours. Feel fresh as a daisy? No, me neither. One of those monsters knocked me out. I noticed that. How did I... I carried you. And you might want to think about ditching some of the anvils in your pockets if we try that again. I'd look lousy in a truss. It'd mess up the lines of the suit. He groaned a little. Did you sleep? She hadn't budged. Me? Like a baby. Really? She looked at him like he was a small, dim child of whom she was inordinately fond. No, she said at last and got to her feet. You hungry? she said, padding off to the other room. Coffee, he said, more out of need than enthusiasm. No coffee, she called. Dr. Carlson said you might be dehydrated. Dr. Carlson was here? He seemed surprised. Her head popped back around the doorway. Have you ever noticed my sneaking away to medical school in my many leisure hours? She said, batting her eyelashes. Not as such, no. Then can we assume for the moment that I called the doctor? His hand felt for the bare skin of his face, more by instinct than conscious worry. She smiled again. And can we also assume that I made him leave your mask on while he examined you? Just on account of my not being an idiot? Her head popped back around the corner. 
What did Dr. Carlson say, he said, guessing she was enjoying the banter and not actually offended by his gaffe. You mean besides the usual warnings of our inevitable and gruesome demise if we keep this up? She called from what he guessed must be the kitchen. Yes, besides that, he said, noticing his mask and gloves on the side table and his hat hanging on a nail on the wall. He said, you've probably got a concussion, and you've certainly got at least two broken ribs, and we were lucky you weren't killed or crippled, and I should try to keep you in bed for at least a few days. She reappeared, carrying a large steaming bowl. I tried to explain that I wasn't that kind of girl. Kit Baxter, behave yourself, he said, raising himself up slowly this time. Yes, boss, she grinned, setting the bowl down proudly. She held out a spoon. Soup, she explained. He regarded the watery concoction with suspicion. He looked up at Kit with a raised eyebrow. I didn't say it was good, I said it was soup, she said. Eat it or wear it. You missed your calling, Miss Baxter. You should have been a nurse. You think? Anything but a cook, he said, grimacing as he pulled the spoon from his mouth. I opened a tin. This is as domestic as I get. You want the complete list of fellas I've ever made soup for? The thoughts seemed to intrigue him for some reason. All right, he said. Her cheeks flushed bright red. It, it's just you, dimwit. You were kind of meant to infer that. Your banter's off this morning. I was knocked silly by two ogres, remember? Ah, yes, she said. I thought there was something. What do we know that we didn't yesterday, he said between spoonfuls of the much maligned soup. Beans all. Once Doc Carlson said you were out of the woods, I started going through the papers I cleaned out of the offices while you were playing boy distraction. Or in this case, boy punching bag, he said, wincing at another shooting pain from his ribs. As you say. They were phonies. His brows furrowed. What were phonies? The records. The papers. They look good, but they're nonsense. All of them. He held the spoon in midair as he wrestled with this. Are they in code? You're spilling, she deadpanned, and they're not in code. They're gibberish. Back to front. The ledgers, the papers, all of them. They reopened the gambling room at the Golden Goose less than a week ago, and they've already cooked up a phony set of books, he said in disbelief. They reopened it a week ago, and they closed it last night. In kind of a grand fashion. The whole place was wired. Wired? Bugged wired, he said with a shake of his head. Kaboom wired, she replied. They blew the whole place to kingdom come. Remote detonator with a timer backup. Eat your soup. What are you saying? He wondered if he was having trouble following this. Eat your soup, she insisted, and I'll sum it up. Someone reopened the gambling room at the Golden Goose at no small expense. It would have taken maybe a hundred grand just to re-outfit the joint and make it look pretty. At least, he agreed. She arched an eyebrow that dared him to stop eating again. They also would have had to buy off or muscle out the legitimate owners of the club. In either case, nobody's seen them for a couple of weeks, so they're probably in the lake somewhere. He nodded, but continued eating. They made this place all nice and fancy, put the word out on the street, filled it up with rich swells, and started raking it in. They laid out a lot of coin, and they put even more in the hands of the cashiers to run the place. But they wired the place nine ways from Sunday. And it wasn't a small boom, either. They blew up the building and started a fire that wrecked half the block. This after they filled the offices with files and papers that don't mean a thing. Well, he said at last, why put real records in a place you intend to blow up at the first sign of trouble? Why put any records in a place you intend to blow up at the first sign of trouble, she countered. It's an interesting point, he admitted. 
And that's not all, boss. You should have seen the safe they had laid in. Brand new and fancy as all get out. Took me almost five minutes to crack. He gave a low whistle. Any safe that took his partner that long to get past would be expensive indeed. Well, might you whistle, she smiled. But when I got it open, that's all that was inside. She pointed to her left at a not at all unimpressive pile of cash on the table. He raised an eyebrow. How much? Seventy-six thousand three hundred and twelve. That's it? That's all. Just about the bare minimum you could run an operation like that on, but not a quarter what you'd expect to find. He smiled. You carried that and me? She flushed. There wasn't time to pull the satchel from the harness. Besides, that'll feed a lot of orphans, even if it won't break the bank for these creeps. It is still quite a bit to lose if your intention was to blow it to smithereens, he frowned. It doesn't play any other way, boss. The phony records, the safe, they knew our playbook backwards. They wanted to keep me busy while they sent the goon squad out to deal with you, and then keep us there until they could bring the house down with us in it. This was the most expensive bushwhack in history. And we might infer that we were right to assume a connection with the outfit behind the protection rackets. Their wrecking crews were similarly impressive. Human dump trucks, you mean? Yeah, I noticed that. And they not only shrug off bullets, they seem to be invulnerable to hypnosis, he said perturbed. Not only were they not fooled by my mental projection, they didn't even seem to see it. She frowned. They didn't seem that bright. Besides, the ventriloquator worked just fine. Doesn't that seem funny? He shrugged. The ventriloquator actually does throw your voice. My hypnotic projections just trick the higher brain functions into ignoring what their senses are saying. So what are we dealing with here, she said, running her fingers through her hair in an unconscious effort to mend her cowl head. Some kind of automaton, he guessed, or... A toothy grin spread across her face. I love it when you trail off like that. It usually means a crazy scheme is coming. I might just be crazy for thinking this, kid. We need to go see Jack Peters. He rose suddenly to his feet, looking only slightly unsteady on his pins in doing so. No, sirree, she protested. No crime fighting for you just yet, Buster. I'm taking you home. I'll call Petey from the lair and try again to get hold of Samson. He raised an eyebrow. Try again to what? and brand new audio dramas through the Mutual Audio Network. Subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or iHeartRadio today. There's eight different podcasts, one for each day of the week and genre, and the Mutual Audio Network broadcast feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night!